You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Bible in Real Life podcast. I am your host, Lee Fuller, and I am so glad you are here today. You've caught us right in the middle of this family. I'm calling it like a family relationship series, right? So last episode, or a couple of weeks ago, we talked about mothers and the importance of mothers in the life of the family. Uh, and for those of you that are mothers, happy Mother's Day. I'm not sure when you're going to hear this, but it's always good to celebrate mothers because mothers are very important, right? So uh, we did a Mother's Day episode. So if you want to go back and check that. And today we're going to talk about parents. I want to kind of give us a, a biblical model and some foundational truths about parenthood. So um, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that now. You don't want to miss the episode. We'll probably have one about children and um, we'll have one definitely about fathers. So we want to, I wonder if the Bible talks about in-laws. I think, I think I could find some stuff. I think I've read some stuff about in-laws and maybe grandparents. So make sure you are tuned in um, and you take this journey with us as we look at um, the dynamics of a Christian household and a Christian family, right? So, uh, but today, today the topic is the Christian parent. We're going to cover some financial, financial, foundational truths about Christian parenthood and um, what are the responsibilities as the parent. I guess if I had to name this, maybe I'll say kind of the, the job description of a Christian parent. How about that? All right. Uh, if we want the job, we it's a good idea that we know what the expectation is, right? So let's let's get into it and let's have a good time today. So um, first, let's start off with um, some foundational truths. And I think um, most of us are familiar with Psalms chapter 20, 127, verses 3 through 5. Psalms 127, verses 3 through 5. I'm going to go ahead and pull it up here. And it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who feels is the man who fills his quiver with them. So, <laughs> um, <coughs> all throughout history, children have been considered a blessing. In, um, in the Bible here, we see that they are considered a heritage of the Lord and a the fruit of the womb is a reward. So, somehow... Um, for, for years and years and years, children were a great thing, an exciting thing. So much so that families used to be huge. You know, when the Bible says a quiver is full of them. Remember when, you know, you talk to your, your dad and you say, hey, like my family, I'll say, hey, dad, how many, how many brothers and sisters you got? And he's like, man, it's like nine of us. I'm like, nine, nine, good Lord, right? Um, but 
apparently my grandparents understood that blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them, right? Um, on my mom's side, I believe there was, let's see, genius uh, called three, four, five. So five, I think it's five. Uh, two girls, three boys. Yeah, so five, right? A big quiver full of children. Um, you know, when we see in scripture, we see that many uh, people, they desired children. And for a time, they may not have been able to conceive, right? But um, when they did conceive, they considered it a blessing. I remember in, was it Genesis 33? When Esau, when Jacob and Esau meet up together, he said, hey, I have these children that the Lord has given me, right? So um, the first thing we want to look at are children are not a nuisance or an inconvenience, right? Parenthood is actually a blessing and a reward, right? So um, I know in our world today, there is a push to, you know, um, hey, uh, um, I, I, you know, there's a push for, hey, you have a right, you get to pick, blah, 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 blah. You know, don't start a family, you know, and my, my problem is, um, those that are not interested in starting a family at this time, don't do the things required to start a family. Does that make sense? Um, because one of the consequences, not consequences, one of the results of, of intercourse and sex and all that is children, right? So if you're not ready for the responsibility then are you ready for the activity? I'm just going to let that sit right there for a second. So, but anyway, in scripture, the children were a reward, right? Um, uh, the fruit of the womb was a reward. The next uh, foundational principle that we want to look at is um, children belong to God. Your children belong to God and we are to steward God's creation as um, we, we are to treat God's children, God's creation as stewards. I mean, that was probably the most clumsy sentence I've ever had. Okay. Your children belong to God and you are a steward of God's creation. I'll say that, right? So, and, and if, listen, if we get this, if we understand this, then this will change our paradigm, right? This will revolutionize how we do our parenting when we realize that, you know what? This is not my child. I'm, I'm sorry. This child belongs to God and God has placed me in position to raise this child. You know what? I like to think of it Think of Mary, right? Mary and Joseph. God sent his only begotten son to earth and he gave two humans the responsibility to raise this child. It's God's child, but God said, hey, I'm going to need a human to feed him, to, to burp him, to change his diapers, blah, blah, blah. But this is my child, right? Right. Your children are God's 
children are God. Your children belong to God, and God has selected you to raise that image bearer, raise that little bundle of joy that's created in the image of God. And when you understand that, boom, it takes your child rearing and it it gives it perspective. Number one, you realize that this is a noble position. But I want to go to Ezekiel, Ezekiel uh, chapter uh, 18. Ezekiel chapter 18. Uh, let's go there. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 18, 4, it says, Behold, all souls are mine, the soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die, right? So um, don't miss this. All souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. And I think that's so pivotal when we realize that these souls are God's. And I have been given a solemn responsibility to raise this child. So if God has entrusted me with the responsibility to raise this child, the responsibility should be for me to raise him according to God's way, according to God's plan. So some of us have, hey, here is how I think I should raise a child. Hey, here's the best way that I can figure in my own strength to raise a child. But listen, when you realize that this child was given to you by God, the better question is, how can I raise this child according to how God would want me to raise this child? Ooh, because when your perspective is I'm a steward given some earthly responsibility of God's child, then I should raise him according to God's will and according to God's way. I am preaching right now. Hopefully you understand that distinction, right? So, well, let's look at um, this foundational proof will help you. The second thing you've got to understand, second foundational truth, okay? Number one is, hey, this child belongs to God. I'm a steward raising God's, God's creation, God's soul. And secondly, you will eventually have to let them go. I'm going to say that again. You will eventually have to let them go. Now, here are the implications of that. The implications of that is there is a limited time in which you have to, to direct them, instruct them, guide them, provide for them, and help them, right? Because the Bible says when they're married, they are to leave and cleave. And what they're going to do is they're going to create another family, right? The two shall become one flesh. So nowhere in scripture... Does the Bible tell us to leave and cleave to the children? Because the Bible understands that a child is going to grow up and they are going to leave the house. Now, some of the parents are like, hallelujah, I am looking forward to when my child leaves the house. And some parents are saying, I never want my baby to leave. I never want my child to leave. Oh, because they are who, they are me, I am them. No, listen, 
when you realize that the child was given to you for a season to raise, educate, protect, provide for, and then you lift them, you shoot them like arrows, right? The uh, In Psalms, it says they're like an arrow. So there's a short time that you have to aim the arrow, protect the arrow, direct the arrow, and then you let the arrow go and it goes out and has an impact in the world, right? If you understand these foundational truths, it will impact your parenting. You know, there are some things um, when I understand, well, caveat, hold on. Um, (laughs) I am working through this as well as a father, as a parent. I have not done this perfectly, so I am looking for God's grace. (laughs) I am seeking God's wisdom. James tells us if 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 any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So I'm like, Lord, help me steward your children. Help me to be a good servant of you and how I raise these children, right? So (laughs) um, I don't have it all figured out. I'm working it out by God's grace. Um, my children will walk in the admonition of the Lord. That's my prayer. Uh, and I pray that I'm a, am a, a worthy, a faithful servant, right? But, um, as I'm, as I'm giving this lesson, just know that I don't do all these things perfectly. I rely on God's grace, you know? And so take a little bit of the pressure off, not a lot. Don't take all the pressure off because we do have a responsibility Uh, as stewards, but take a little bit of the pressure off because Jesus was the only perfect one, right? Even in the Bible. You know, I was reading this the other day. Um, You know, I was like, well, help me be perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, But the Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Oh man, I don't have to be perfect. I just need to be righteous. I just need to be Uh, lining myself up to what God says to do and he can hear my prayer, right? So uh, it's not the perfect man that availeth much, it's the righteous. And I can be righteous. I can work toward being more and more in line with what God has called me to be. Anyway, that was a good revelation I had in my Bible study. Hopefully you enjoyed that. So um, foundational truth, we're a steward. Your children belong to God, we're a steward. Second foundational truth, as a steward, we only have a limited amount of time with them because they will grow up and they will move away, right? I've, I've talked to many mothers. I've talked to many fathers. I've talked to many parents that um, are concerned that perhaps they did not prepare their children for when they move away. I have talked to many parents that are concerned that um, they don't want their children to move away. And both of those perspectives are wrong, right? Um, uh, so let's, let's get into what the job description, um, of a Christian parent is. So when I look in scripture, I said, you know what, let's look and see what, um, We don't see much of Jesus's childhood. We have a couple instances. Um, One is when he's at the temple. And but there's a summary statement in Luke chapter two, 
verses 52. I'm going to go to it. Luke chapter 2, verses 52. And it gives us a job description. Well, it tells us about the development of Jesus. In 2.52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. It says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Parents, for a well-developed child, we need to make sure that they're increasing, that they're growing, that they're learning in, um, they're growing mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially, okay? Hey, parents, your job description is to <coughs> take care of God's souls, take care of the children God has entrusted in you and help them develop mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially. Wow. Now we can evaluate whether or not we are good parents, right? Hey, my kid says, I don't want to get up. Actually, this morning, this morning. Hey, everybody, let's get up. It is time for school, right? So, and I don't understand. This happens every weekday. Hey, wake up. Let's go to school. Uh, groggy, groggy, don't want to get up. Wake up. Let's go to school. Why? Because I take my responsibility to make sure my children grow in wisdom. I make sure that mentally they are increasing. Mentally, they are growing, right? We have to take that physical, that mental responsibility seriously. Also, not just school, right? But, you know, that's why I don't understand the parents like, oh, I don't want to make my kid um, do the homework or I don't want to make them study. I have responsibility to make sure they develop mentally, right? Now, also, not only mentally, but also emotionally. They should develop emotional. That's a part of this soul, right? The, the mental and emotional, I believe, is a part of wisdom because wisdom is, is being able to take information and apply it into life, right? So there's emotional intelligence. You know, we can go to some some of the, the common terms, right? There is um, uh, academic excellence. There is emotional intelligence. There is, you know, so these are the responsibility of a parent. So wait a minute. So as a, as a, as a steward of a child bearer or a image bearer of God, I need to make sure that emotionally I am doing what we're supposed to do, right? So let's look at some of these verses. Um, <clears throat> um, emotionally, let's go to, well, let's go to Proverbs because I think Proverbs does a pretty good job of, um, oh, you know what? Let's, 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 um, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? Come on, come on. Okay, we'll go to Proverbs. Um, so Proverbs, we'll start at Proverbs uh, chapter. Let's go generic first, and then we'll drill down. So let's go Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs, no, Proverbs chapter one. Um, and this is why I'm starting Proverbs. Proverbs chapter one, verses eight and nine. 
He said, the Bible says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland <coughs> for your head and, and pendants for your neck. <coughs> uh, my son, if sinners entice thee, do not consent. Hey, so that's talking about social instruction and so forth. But here's the point I want to make. <coughs> Fathers, you should be giving your son's instructions. Mothers, you should be teaching them. It says, hey, this whole book of Proverbs, right? This whole book of Proverbs, which covers um, finances, which covers relationships, which covers study, which covers a whole bunch of different things. These are the wise sayings from a father to a son. These are the wise sayings that a mother should be instructing their children, right? So God gives us the opportunity and the ability to train up our children. Matter of fact, the verse that many of us are familiar with is that Proverbs, was it Proverbs 22? Uh, Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Proverbs 22 verse 6 if you know it, you may have heard it. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it, right? Why is it important that when he's old, he does not depart from it? Because when he gets older, he's going to depart from you. She's going to depart from you. But what you've instilled in them, what you've trained in them will stay. You know, I had a birthday recently and it's funny, uh, the older I get, the more I tend to be saying, my mom used to say this, or my dad used to say this, right? Because now I'm being put in similar situations that my parents were put in and I'm dealing with them the same way that was departed. I mean, that was imparted into me, right? And that's how it works. Now, here's where we have to ask ourselves, what was imparted into you? Okay. Um, what instructions did you give? Now, many times we will impart what was put into us. However, some of us that are a Christian now or uh, may not have been raised in a Christian home, we say or think or believe that, you know what, maybe some of the stuff I taught, I learned wasn't the best, right? So um, we have to make sure that, that we correct those things and the Bible will, will tell us how to do that. So let's continue. Um, so um, mentally, emotionally, right? We are to train up the child. So in John 13, uh, John 13, three and four, God tells us we are to love others as Christ has loved us. So, you know, um, let's, let me make sure I'm quoting that right. John 34, or John 13, 34. John 13, 34 says this. It says, a new commandment I give you. That you love one another. Oh, let me pull it up so you can see it. Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another 
just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Okay? Parents, if you did not grow up in a household with love, then we have to change that. Okay? If no one said, I love you, there's this, there's this scene that's on the internet of Denzel Washington and the kid says, hey, dad, um, I don't think you like me. And he said, hey, who says I got to like you? You know, it's my responsibility to raise you. It's my responsibility to put food on your plate and blah, blah, blah. Who says I got to like you? And as I listened to it, I said, oh, my goodness, the child does not feel loved. Now, Denzel may be saying, hey, I'm providing for you. I'm doing all these obligations for you, right? I'm providing for you. But the child didn't perceive it as love. You know, one way to make sure your child perceives that you love them. Now, it doesn't mean you let them do everything they need to do, right? Because we'll we'll get to Hebrews chapter 12, where, you know, uh, love has discipline. Love disciplines us. But say it. Say, you know what? I love you. You are amazing. God has something planned for your life. And I love you, little bitty baby boy. Listen, I don't care what nobody say, right? I'm 47 years old, but I'm mama's, my, my mama loved me. My daddy loves me, right? Um, so I don't know, just felt like <laughs> I needed to say that, right? Um, because not everybody knows that their parents love them, right? Um, and Jesus said, this commandment that I give, love one another as I have loved you. So let your children know that you love them. You know, it will go a long way for their emotional development. That wisdom piece, that emotional piece that we have, um, it will go a long way when we say, hey, you know what? You are loved. You are cherished. You are valuable. Right. So we've got to train them uh, mentally. Hey, this is Lee Fuller. I got to cut in. And um, man, wasn't that good? Wasn't that good? I Next week, we're going to continue going through the four areas, right? Mentally, socially, um, spiritually, and physically. Uh, but I wanted to leave you with that today. Again, thank you for listening to the um, Bible in Real Life podcast. Make sure you tune in for the rest of this training or this episode, uh, the part two episode next week. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, on social for our daily content. We're putting out information content. I know you're like, Lee, you just cut right in the middle of it. I know. I know you're going to have to come back and hear the rest of it next week. But we have a call. We have an important role to play as parents. So make sure you don't miss part two of the job description <coughs> for Christian parents. <coughs> I'm your host, Lee Fuller, and I want to thank you for listening. I'll see you next week on the Bible in Real Life podcast. All right. Bye-bye, everybody.